0: Praise God. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Amen. Amen. As we are in this uh, wonderful Christmas season, Jesus' birth opens the way for victory for us today. I mean, in. When I say today, I mean today in our everyday lives, Jesus opens the way. And of course, his birth, we talked about some of the significance of his birth last week, and we will talk more about that on uh, Christmas Eve. But for right now, I want to draw a parallel between... The victories that Jesus made possible for us today, and the victories that God did for ancient Israel, because there is indeed a relationship. We see that um, Israel was in bondage for some 430 years in Egypt, and God brought them out of that. Jesus freed us from any bondage that we may have had. When you decided that you wanted to come to Jesus Christ and have Him as your Lord and Savior, you called Him into your heart. And you are set free. Amen. So let's see what the word of God. And we want to look at a bit today ancient Israel and some of the challenges that they went through and draw the parallels. So let's go to Exodus, the book of Exodus, and we'll start with uh, chapter 12. And and, uh, we're going to start here with when Israel was being held in bondage in Egypt. Okay, for all of those years, and they were struggling to be set free, and God had sent Moses to Pharaoh, talking about, let my people go. And we know that Pharaoh um, had, ref- had refused to do so. We know the plagues that were unleashed upon Egypt, and where we're going to pick up today was when the final plague was leashed, unleashed. And we're going to look at the events that followed there. So in Exodus chapter 12, starting with verse 29, Exodus chapter 12, starting with verse 29. And it came to pass that at midnight the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night and uh, night. He and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from among my people, both ye and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We are all dead men. And the people took their dough before it was leavened Their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses And they borrowed of the Egyptian jewels of silver and and jewels of gold and raiment And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians So that they let them uh, such things as they required And they spoiled the Egyptians So up until this time Pharaoh had finally said Okay enough's enough Israel, Moses, take your people and get out of Dodge. Just go. I've had enough. You know, you're giving me all these troubles, and, and now you're killing all of our firstborn. Just go. All right? And so uh, Pharaoh finally decided to give in. Then we're going to move ahead to verse number 40. Where it says, Now the sojourning of the children of Israel, who dwelt in Egypt, was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day it came to pass, that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Okay? So after 430 years, they were finally set free. They had been in bondage. Before you came to the Lord, you were in bondage also. You were in bondage to fear. You were in bondage to worry. You were in bondage to all of the things that we know now as children of of, of followers of Jesus Christ as a Christian that we don't have to be in bondage to we don't have to be in bondage to fear we don't have to be in bondage to worry we don't have to be in bondage to worry about finances and all of those things so so they were set free the whole concept of israel being in being in uh, in egypt was them being locked up and in, in bondage because they were not free they were not free to worship god the way they wanted to worship and pharaoh had all sorts of rules and so on and not to mention the fact that they were 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 slaves in building the pyramids and and everything else that was going on so then we go to chapter 13 Okay, we see that Israel, Pharaoh said, get out, let him go. Okay, now, then all of a sudden in chapter 13, starting with verse number 1. And the Lord spoken to Moses saying, sanctify unto me all the firstborn whatsoever. Openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of men and of beasts, it is mine. And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Please underline, out of the house of bondage. Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For my strength of hand the Lord brought you from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. Alright? So he told them at that time to remember on this day that you've been set free. You've been delivered from that house of bondage. Then we move forward to verse number 17. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. That God led them not through the way of the, not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. So what he was saying was that, I'm going to lead them out, but I'm not going to have them go through the straightest way because they have to go through the land of the Philistines. If they go through the land of the Philistines, all of a sudden they're going to get nervous. They're going to be afraid of having to go to war. You see? So God said, instead of taking them on this direct route, I'm going to take them another way. God knew their hearts. How many times when there are things going on in your life and maybe God would have a shortcut for you, but because of the nature of your spirit or the nature of your heart or your fear, the fear that's in you God says well I'm not going to take him or her that way, I'm going to take them in another direction because right now they're not ready they're not ready to go directly, I'm not going to cut to the chase, they're not ready to go that way yet, so God says because of their timidity I almost want to say because of their not quite trusting in me yet, I'm not going to take them on a direct route, I'm going to take them another way Okay, and then it says in verse 18, But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones hence hence with you. So God started their their journey. Now we see, we, we we look at the protection that God provided them. Verse number 20. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from the people. So while he was taking them on this journey, he gave them protection. And the same thing it is with us, and you have to remember that, that when you're journeying through whatever it is that's going on in your life, whatever things that you're praying for, whatever things that you're waiting to happen, that God has your back, okay, okay, that the the pillar of cloud went before them, he's got your front, and then then by by night he had the pillar of fire bring up their back. So God will guide you, and he will also protect your back as you're going through this journey. Now, the pillar of cloud, they really needed to have that there because um, they needed to have some... Something to follow. If you read the scriptures there it tells you that approximately a half million people left Egypt. I think it says 600 and something thousand. But about a half million people left Egypt. This wasn't like a band of 50 or 100 or 200 people. About a half million people left Egypt. So here Moses is leading this cloud, crowd. So now you have to imagine that when you're out in the desert like that in the wilderness and you've got all these people in front of you, how do you know which way to go? So what they often did in those times, when they walked in long caravans, what they did in ancient in ancient uh, Egypt in the in the, in the uh uh, Desert like environments Where you're crossing wilderness and everything They would take a, um, a brazen Which is Remember the old barbecue pits That you put charcoal things They were rounded like that And they had a look Like it was a bowl And you put your charcoal briquettes in it Okay They had something like that That they would fill with wood And other things that would smolder And they would lift it up On a very very long pole And they would hold it up At the very front of the line So this thing was giving off smoke So those people In the very very back of the line Could see that oh see the smoke that's where we're going that's where we're going and that's how they follow so instead of doing that though God provided a miraculous quote unquote a a smoke he provided the cloud so they followed the cloud and behind them they had this fire to protect their backs okay so God said while they're going through this wilderness I'm going to protect them this is going to be a long journey I'm going to watch out for them and it's the same thing with us when you're on this journey that right now might seem so difficult you got to remember Remember that God is going to protect you. God is going to provide. When you're on this time when things are maybe uncertain in your life, what is that you're praying for and believing for, God is providing. You've got food. You've got a roof over your house, you, over your head. You, you've got other things in your life that's sustaining you. God is sustaining you. So the same way he provided for ancient Israel, so he is doing and will do in your life. But it gets more interesting here because now we move forward to um, chapter number 14. And we start at verse number one. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and encamp before Pihanroth between Migdal and the sea, over again, over against Beelzefah, before it shall you encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land, The wilderness has them shut up. Pharaoh is saying that they're out there, but they're going to be trapped. Because now they're in this land, they're in this wilderness, and Pharaoh is saying that they're going to be trapped. Now, why would he be thinking this? Verse number four. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh, upon all the host that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let let, let Israel go from serving us. So at first now you see they let them go. You know, they told Moses, take your people and just get out of here. Now all of a sudden Pharaoh was saying, why did we let them go? Why did we let them go from serving us? Alright, okay. So, so they were released from bondage. They were released from being in captivity. Now, all of a sudden, Pharaoh wants them back. Now, things are happening in your lives. You've been released from bondage when you came to the Lord Jesus Christ and you raised your hand and you said, Yes, I want to be your follower, Jesus. And everything was going right. And Jesus has you guiding you through the wilderness and the challenges of your life. But all of a sudden, the devil wants you back. He wants you back. The devil is never satisfied at losing one of his, especially when he loses them to becoming a child of God. So while you've been set free and you're no longer following the fears and the things that the devil would, would, would throw would want to throw at you, and you're going through life relatively smoothly, things are going well, all of a sudden the devil's going to say, ah, oh, no, 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 no. That person, that Johnny that just got low, Eddie that just got let go, no, no, no. I want him back. I want her back. Okay? And the devil starts, starts launching a plan to bring you back into bondage. He doesn't want you to be free in Christ Jesus. The devil wants you to go back into your old way of life again. And all of a sudden you start noticing that things of the past all of a sudden start rising up and start manifesting in their lives. The things that you put behind you, the people that you put behind you, might all of a sudden start reaching out to contact, contact you to try to bring you back. All right? So back to this now, Pharaoh is saying, why did we let them go from serving us? Verse number 6 said, it says, and he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots And all the chariots of Egypt And captains over every single every, every one of them And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh King of Egypt And he pursued after the children of Israel And the children of Israel went out with a high hand Okay So they went out, went out feeling good though Even though they were being, being pursued They were being chased and so on But the Egyptians pursued after them All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh And his horsemen And his army And overtook them encamping by the the sea beside Peoroth before Be-al-Zephan. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Okay? So here, Pharaoh's chasing them. If you can picture this, Pharaoh's barreling down, barreling down upon them. They're out there in this wilderness, and, and Pharaoh had said before, where they're going, they're trapped. Pharaoh knew that he had them, because they had no place to go. So he figured that he would surround Israel and grab them and kill them off, or either brag them back to Egypt, whatever it was he had in mind, but he felt like they were trapped. And the people here also felt that they were trapped, because it says there that they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, verse 11, And they said unto Moses, because Because there were no graves in Egypt... Hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore, hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not is not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Now, that's akin to the child of God, who all of a sudden is feeling pressure, if you will, and there's things going on in his or her life. And all of a sudden they're so they're so tired of trying and so tired of keeping faith in God that they say, gee whiz, I'd have been better off if I was back in Egypt. I would have been better off if I had just stayed in my old life. I would have been better off if I was still back there hanging out in the bars and carousing and doing this and doing that. At least I didn't have the pressures, the pressures and the stress that I have now. Why can't I just go back? You know, why? And it's almost like sometimes they pray, gee whiz, God, why did I decide to follow you? Why did I decide to give my life to you? Because things in my life now are just miserable. Look, here I am, I'm trapped in this wilderness. In other words, I'm trapped in, in, I don't have a job, I don't have a house, I don't have a car, I, don't, I got all these bills, uh, 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 I, I, my back kills me, I got all these sicknesses, all this stuff is going on. Gee whiz, Lord, before I came to you, by the way, I didn't have back aches. Before I came to you, I had a big fancy car. Before I came to you, I had 10 million friends, they were all at that bar. They were all drunkards and this and that, but they were, they were my friends, I had this, I had that, I had this, I had that, why, 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 and they want to go back, and guess what the devil is right there listening to you and saying, "Oh boy, she wants to come back, yeah, he wants to come back. Let me keep on the pressure, okay, Do you do that, or do you can, do you continue to have faith in God, realizing that god has 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 provided for you in this wilderness that you, you, you're not starving, you've got clothes on your back. Okay, you're making it from day to day. Instead of keeping, keeping faith in God, now all of a sudden you want to go back and let things be the way they, they were before. We, for it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. First of all, who said they were going to die? Okay? How many times do you think that you're going to die? Now when I say die, I don't mean, I'm sure no one here very, very rarely thinks about dying, but I'm saying Fail. Gee whiz, Lord, why did I decide to follow you when I'm just going to fail? I'd have been better off if I just left things alone and stayed where I was. Amen? Verse number 13 says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear you not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Please underline that. Fear you not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Okay? So underlining that, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. So I'm telling you today, to stand still. Whatever it is that you're struggling for, whatever it is that you're praying for, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, whatever it is that you're dreaming for, to stand still and to see the salvation of the Lord. To so just stand still and watch how God is going to deliver you from the hand of the enemy. The enemy in this particular case could be, the, you know, the, the lack or the thing that you're praying for, or whatever it is in your life that you want corrected, be it involving other people, situations, things, or whatever, to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. To know that God is not going to let you just die in this quote-unquote wilderness, okay? And we all have this wilderness experience. I've preached on this before. We all have a promised land. We all have a wilderness experience where there's a point in time in our lives where there's something that we're praying for and hoping for and struggling for and it just seems like right now I seem to be wandering because I have not achieved anything. I don't see anything tangible that I can grasp. I feel like I'm just wandering and drifting, okay? But be aware that you are a child of God and God never lets you just wander and drift, he may take you through a wilderness which may be what may seem like a winding path for you right now where it's not going straight directly from point A to point B, okay? But God has your back and God has your front. He's going to lead you and He's going to provide for you, okay? And that you're not going to give in to Pharaoh and want to go back to the old way of life or to the old way of even thinking, all right? You know, and going back to the old, old way of life doesn't mean that, that you're going to all of a sudden go back and start hanging out at the bar or go back and living the life that you used to live before you became a child of God, but going back to that way of thinking even is bringing you back to Egypt because it's putting you back in bondage. If you're going back to that old way of having misbelief or disbelief in what God is saying to you, if you go back to worrying about your future, worrying about having enough, worrying about this, worrying, 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 then you've gone right back to Egypt. You're putting yourself back in bondage again. Okay, okay, and, and, and God is saying here, He's saying to you today even, by way of this message, to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Because the Egypt, the Egyptians, or the people, the persons, the situation that is pursuing you, you shall not see that again. The person, the people, the situation that you're up against—you shall not see that again. What what does he say? Most of the people fear uh, fear you not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will show you today. For the Egyptians or those that would be having you in bondage, you shall have seen. um, You have seen today. You shall see them again, no more, forever. So rest assured that whatever that Egyptian quote unquote is that's in your life that is trying to bring you back into the bondage of worry and fear and disappointment, God is saying that you're not going to see that anymore. But you've got to believe that. You've got to believe it. That God has your back and He has your front and He's going to bring you through this thing. Amen? 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 It says in verse 14, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Please in the line: the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. You know, do you realize what that's saying? You don't have to be out there struggling and fighting for yourself. God is going to, to fight for you and you shall hold your peace you know i mean what wonderful things i mean can you imagine being in a war or if there was someone that was really coming against you and you couldn't defeat that person or that that thing and you felt you felt so so um, um, inadequate to know that god is going to come and fight for you you know, if you ever had a big brother or a big sister or someone that was older than you and you were a kid and you were worried about some bully picking on you or whatnot, okay. And if there was someone in your family or a friend of yours that you knew that you knew could beat up that person or scare them off, you you kind of sat back and didn't have to worry about it. Maybe you went down to the playground and hid behind that big person and taunted the other one. Yeah, 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 yeah you can't hit me, you know, because you know this person was going to fight you and fight your battle. Well, God says here, he's saying, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now, what does that mean realistically in everyday terms and facing whatever is going on in your life? Whatever you're struggling with, you don't have to do the fight. God knows the situation. If you are where you are right now in this quote unquote wilderness, God has permitted you to be there for his reasons, which means that he's going to bring you out of it. Our God is not a God that just just, just just takes you into harm's way to just drop you there and just leave you there. Rest assured that he knows what you're going through. All right? and, and, and as it says, there, the Lord shall fight for you, so hold your peace. Okay? And if you know that God and who is better to fight for you than God himself who created all that there is. I mean, if you've got God, if he's fighting for you, then why are you worried? Why are you worried? Okay? It goes on to say in verse number 15, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto to the, uh, to the children of Israel that they go forward. So in the meantime, Moses was kind of, you know, coming to the Lord with this and everything. And, Mo, and God says to Moses, Why are you whining and complaining to me? Tell the people to go forward. Keep going forward. Okay? And I'm saying to you today to keep going forward. Whatever it is that's going on in your life that has you concerned and whatnot, or it's not where you want it to be, I'm saying to you today, keep going forward because God is going to fight for you. Amen? And, and you can hold your peace. 15 again, and the Lord said unto Moses, Why are you crying unto me, speaking to the children of Israel, that they go forward? So I'm saying to you today, you modern day children of Israel, to go forward. But lift, lift up, uh, in other words, don't give up. But lift thou, um, lift thou up. Thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it, underline and divide it. Lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now, the reason that Pharaoh said they are trapped, because he knew that where they were going was going to end in the Red Sea. They were going to run out of land. So Pharaoh said, uh uh-huh, I've got him now. we got the sea there in front of him. Okay? So here he's got this big body of water, which is a barricade. Sometimes the things in our lives, you know, again, you've heard me say, many people have that expression, well, how you doing today? Oh, gee, I'm drowning. I'm just barely treading water, you know. So water oftentimes is is, is uh, used as an example of, of something being a barrier in our lives. Well, the thing that is in your life right now that may seem like a big body of water God's going to have you divide that, or it shall be divided. He told Moses here to lift up his his, uh, his staff and his hand, his rod, and, and divide the water. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So I'm saying to you today that that body of water that is appearing in your life right now as a barrier, God is going to open a way where you shall go through the barrier. It shall be divided. And that thing in your life that seems like such a big barrier right now, that, that problem or that issue, 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 that situation, God is going to have you go through it. If you can understand that God will fight for you and that you shall hold your peace. Alright? Uh, they shall go through dry ground in the midst of the sea. And I... Behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians that they shall follow them, and let them and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all of his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horse. In other words, they're gonna follow me and, and, and they're gonna follow and Pharaoh's gonna wind up wind up seeing who I am, seeing how powerful I am, meaning God, seeing how powerful God is. Verse number, uh, 18. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before their face and stood behind them. Okay? So now the cloud and the fire that was, the cloud that was before them now went behind them, and the fire was also behind them. So again, God is providing his protection. So when the devil is out there trying to bring you back into that bondage of worry and that bondage of fear, okay, God is going to protect you. God is, has your back. All right? He will not in, by any means let you be exposed. It came, verse 20, And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to, to, uh, to these, so that the one cannot... The one came not near the other all night. So while they were dwelling there, God protected them so that the Egyptians couldn't even see them to, 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 to get in contact with them. God will hide you also. God will protect you and keep you safe from the enemy and from those forces of darkness that are trying to make you go back and reverse who you are in, in, in the Lord, in Christ. He protected them even there, alright? And then it says, and Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. Please highlight or underline all of verse number 21. Okay? And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And made the sea dry land. God stepped in and showed them. Now, if you can just just picture this, Um, I don't know how many of you have lived near the ocean or anything like that, but we lived near the ocean, right on the ocean at one time for many, many years in our lives. And the ocean, as we saw it out our windows and out the door, there was this humongous thing. I mean, it's the Atlantic Ocean. You could not see the other side, so it was just there. The mere concept, the thought of us walking out of our house and going across the boardwalk in the sand into that ocean and crossing it, was something that wouldn't even dare, dare cross your mind, okay? But when God is doing his thing, and he's trying to show you who he is, he even said, I'm going to show Pharaoh and his army how powerful I am. That thing that is in your life that seems like such a barrier to you right now, that thing in your life that seems like this sea, this, this, this body of water that would be impossible for you to pass, this is when God does his best. This is when God does a miracle in the lives of these Israelites and will do a miracle in your life also. As long as you see that sea as being a barrier for you and not trusting God, then you're going to be in trouble. You'll still be stuck on the sand. You will not be able to move forward. But whatever is going on in your life, that sea, that that thing in your life that represents this huge sea that is blocking you now, the same way it says that Moses stretched out his hand and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. Now if that isn't a miracle, what is? So what to you may seem to be impossible, God will divide the sea. God will divide and have it so that you can go through. Verse 22, And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. So the sea opened up. The sea opened up. That was there before them. I want you to put down your Bibles on the seat Don't lose your place We just put the Bibles down and stand up for a moment I want you to envision Whatever that issue is in life Be it a problem, be it a hindrance Be it a person, be it a situation Whatever it is in your life I want you to picture that as your sea. And then I want you to stand before that and just say it to yourself, because I don't want to hear it. No one needs to know it. But say, in the name of Jesus, and I want you to literally do like this. In the name of Jesus, I divide that blah, 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 blah. In the name of Jesus, I divide it from being before me. In the name of Jesus. All right? One, two, three. In the name of Jesus, I divide that situation from before me. In the name of Jesus, I divide it and open the way for me to pass through in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I open the way in the name of Jesus and I divide it that I may pass through it in the name of Jesus. And I stand in faith, O Lord God, that I can divide the situation that You will divide the situation that I may pass through it. In the name of Jesus, I confess and stand in faith, oh Lord God, that you will divide the situation, that I may pass through it and be victorious in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Praise God. Now if you have faith to believe that many times we, 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 we do things as an act of faith even though it is an illustration of what is. If you really believe in the spirit realm, that what you did in dividing it, that God can divide this situation, you have to have some faith now that as God said, the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So if you can believe that everything that the word of God is true and believe that these are not silly things when I do things physically like they with belief in the spirit realm that these things are taking place, you have to believe that God is going to do something about it. Or has done something about it. Amen? So it says there in 21 again, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back to a strong east wind all that night, and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. 22, And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And as you're going through the rest of the day, I want you to think about what God just did and how you stood by faith and just acting out about dividing about dividing that issue. Because as you're walking on dry ground through that issue, appear that in your mind, remember that on the sides where here it talks in the Bible about the walls being water that the people saw as they were going through. Those walls were there. The barrier that was there, they were now walking through. So the barriers that are there, you're going to go through tomorrow and the next week and on and on and on. You're going to walk through all of those problems, you're going to see them walking by you. Because you're going to walk through the midst of the issue. You're going to walk through the midst. And those walls that were there, they will not harm you. They will not impede you from getting uh, from getting success and progress in where God wants you to be. So the same way they walk through on dry ground, you have to believe that God is going to have you walking through on dry ground. And that all of those waters that were troubling you, they will no longer be there. They will be actually going by you. Amen? Amen? You walk by and you say, "Eh, see you later problem so-and-so. See you later problem so-and-so. See you later problem so-and-so as you're walking right through. Because God is holding those things at bay so that they cannot touch you. We're going to say in verse number 23, and the Egyptians pursued. And went in after them to the, to the midst of the sea Even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and the horsemen And it came to pass that in the morning, morning watch The Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians Through the pillar of fire and the cloud And troubled the host of the Egyptians And took off their chariot wheels And they, they drove them heavily So that the Egyptians said Let us flee from the face of Israel For the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength, to his strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and, and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much one of them. So God will take that problem and he will totally destroy it. And God forbid that those problems are in the form of people because God does not like people messing with his children. You are a child of God. God does not take kindly to people messing with you, doing things uh, to your career, doing things to you, coming against you to hinder whatever it is that you're praying for, talking maliciously about you and gossiping and so on like that. God will fight for you. You see, and our God can be can be an honorary God, and Lord knows what I mean when I say that. When it comes down to messing with His children, you are one of His children. Those issues, those situations, those people, if there are people uh, physically involved in whatever's going on in your life, shame on them because God does not like them messing with His children. Amen? So, so it says that, that they saw them no more. And then, then, and then the Egyptians even started realizing, let us get out of here because look, look, look what their God is doing. Their God is destroying us. Their God is killing us. And they fled. It ends up in verse 29 by saying, But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So in similar fashion, as I'm saying here, believe that that water, that Red Sea that would be before you, those, those troubles, that in faith now, in acting out that God has divided those things, divided those challenges that are before you, so that you can walk through them on dry land, being unharmed. And then you may see vestiges or parts of that problem, maybe, but they'll be going past you, they'll be going by your side, they're not going to touch you. That God will bring you through the same way God brought Israel through. Amen. And this brings it right back to the Christian seizo- to the Christmas season, because it is because of Jesus Christ that we have the ability to, to, to be free, that we have salvation. It is because of His birth and His ministry and his death and resurrection, that we have the ability for us to be out of bondage, not held in bondage anymore to your past life, to your past fears. right, And even if you lived a relatively, um, you know, good life and you weren't a carouser and you weren't really a rowdy person and you were kind of laid back and so on, the bondage that you had as a non believer was still the bondage of being afraid, the bondage of worry, the bondage of, of, of not knowing whether or not you're going to succeed. That's being held in bondage. If you've got any worries and concerns about something, you're not free in Jesus. You're held in bondage. The devil has a lock on your mind, has your mind in chains, has your soul in chains. We oftentimes are in bondage because of the way that we are choosing to think. If there were two trains leaving the train station, and one was going to, say, Paris, France, and the other one was going to some terrible part of the world, which train would you choose to take? Hopefully you wouldn't take the one that was going to some, some uh, terrible part of the world. So which train are you going to take today? Are you going to take the train that li- leads you to freedom, that leads you to thinking and knowing who you are in Christ Jesus? Are you going to take the train that takes you to a place of faith? Takes you to a place that is totally devoid without unbelief and doubt. Are you going to take the train that leads you to more freedom in the Lord? Are you going to take the train that you know that God is at the helm driving that trail and he's also back in the caboose guarding you from the rear? Which train are you going to take out of here today? If you've prayed before you came to church and you come here every Sunday expecting to hear from God, which I hope you do, then weigh and think about what you heard here today. Because maybe God is speaking to you. Maybe his word is speaking to you. As I said before, when things start off on a rocky, shady thing, it's not for any reason that the devil does not try to resist what may be going on. So I really believe that these words are meant for someone or some people that are here today. And I say to you this day, to weigh what you've heard. Pray about what you've heard. Think about going through any red seas that would be before you. As the Pharaoh said, they're trapped. They thought He thought Israel was trapped. They were not going to be able to succeed, to continue to be free of them. The devil would be saying the same thing about you. He's trapped, she's trapped. Make him a liar. Let him know that there is nothing that can trap you. Nothing at all. Because you have Lord God Jehovah on your side and Jesus Christ is indeed your Lord and Savior. So go forth this day and throughout this Christmas week and think about the, the freedom that is because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Think on these things. Dwell on these things. Whatever concerns would be there before you, remember that the God God can indeed bring you through any wilderness that you're in, in and part any red sea from being a barrier to you. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.